I don't know. Do people still cross their legs these days? I don't know. Do you get like spider veins or some shit? I don't know. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't, don't believe everything they tell you. Question everything. Welcome to another episode. And this one, you're going to get it in this voice because this is all I got. Of 21st Century Rocker Mom Podcast with me, your host, Tana Candler. I've got a special episode for you. I can't hold it off any longer. I still have laryngitis, laryngitis, bullshititis. I cough because I had a really bad asthma attack. A really bad asthma attack. I had a panic attack. I will get to that later. And that's why I had an asthma attack. And that's why I can't like breathe and I can't smell. I'm putting like six in the chamber asthma right now. Like not, I'm not talking like the chamber and uh, like puffers. And I took some cough medicine, which I usually don't take ever. But uh, yeah, I took some spoons of that. And I'm like, I, what I call roboten, like M&M. takes like the Robitussin. And then like, just gets like really thinky. Yeah. So yeah, that's a thing. That's the thing. But like, anyway, it's, it's funny. Like, so I thought maybe something like was like happening inside my body. So I started taking like antivirals and stuff. And like, I'm like, maybe I'm sick. But no, it's asthma and it sucks. So it ain't easy being wheezy, if you know what I mean. If you're, if you have asthma, you've probably been there. So I can't like do any perfuming or be around perfume, but I do. Love Kool-Aid, but I gotta watch out for the powder because if it gets in your lungs, oh God, that gives you another asthma attack. You can't snort Kool-Aid. Look out, pixie sticks coming at ya. But like when I say drink the Kool-Aid, it's like a sick joke, obviously affiliated with like Jonestown and drinking the Kool-Aid and believing kind of like everything you hear without question and not not asking any questions about it, just being really dogmatic and following along really blindly, as a lot of people do with a lot of things. Just drinking the Kool-Aid, it's like a cult-like mentality, but we'll get into that too. So I'm gonna chat with you on the Kool-Aid drinking, and it's like being gaslit, essentially. Like it's gaslighting, drinking the Kool-Aid. Here's my first don't drink the Kool-Aid example. And while I sit here and drink Kool-Aid, This is going to come in mighty handy later. This is just to keep me lubricated so I can talk to you. Gypsy Rose Blanchard. A lot of people have been talking about her and she was definitely like heavily abused by her mother. Big time, heavily abused by her mother's father, like her grandfather on the mom's side. She had all kinds of medical procedures done to her that were not necessary nor normal they're like or abuse she had her teeth removed like i'm just all the worst things you can think of now she is now a young lady living in america who is 32 years old she's not younger anymore than she was when this happened but this internet buzz started because she is a munchausen by proxy survivor and she was serving eight years of a 10 year sentence for manipulating an autistic boy into killing her mother into matricide, <laughs> basically. So she manipulated a boy who is neurodiverse into killing her mother, like into matricide and like indignity to a human body and all the stuff not good things like so i don't know this woman the mother though like she manipulated doctors nurses dentists even the girl's biological father like i don't know how this happened claudette blanchard the mother i don't know i don't know after being infantilized and dressed as a little girl i guess she met this boy online and after exchanging some x-rated content they cooked up a plan to end her mother and they did. So she didn't personally inflict the 17 stab wounds that her mother had. And she also didn't trigger warning sexually assault her mother's dead body. That happened. 
Um, not good. She was sexually assaulted herself by her paternal grandfather, like I say. No sexual assault is okay. Like, come on. Not good. But so, her mother, like, kind of relied on her for trips, places to live, like, money, free everything, cash, groceries, gift cards, you name it. They got it. Her boyfriend is currently serving life, but she's out just like kind of doing what she needs to do. I don't think you should drink the Kool-Aid on this situation. People are like, oh, she's out. She's an advocate. It's great. I don't think that's, it's that great. Was this girl abused? Absolutely, yes. Should she be able to get fundamental human rights? Sure, 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 sure. Should she be out of prison? No, I don't think she should. She committed matricide. She planned the whole fucking thing and manipulated someone with an impressionistic mind and personality with a disability, like an intellectual disability, to kill her mother for her. So when it comes to feeling like that bad, I don't drink the Kool-Aid in this situation. Nope. It's not always an eye for an eye in this world, but I think this one still like, I still think there's a lot that we haven't seen here. As a culty sort of survivor, I look at these things with different eyes now. My eyes have seen a lot, especially through the eyes of like a cult, which is weird, because it's creepy, right? Like it's just crazy. For all of those of you who don't know and who are new around here, around 2011, I joined a meditation group of sorts through a library presentation and I drank the fucking Kool-Aid, man. Like I drank the Kool-Aid and now I see a pattern. Like I've stepped back and I can see things from like a different perspective. I can see things from an outsider's perspective. I can see it in other people. I can see it in their belief systems. I see it right away. I see it in their ideologies. I see it in some conspiracies, certain ones, really out there ones. And you know, I'm still totally enthralled by anything culty. Like anything culty comes on the TV, I want to watch the next cult documentary. I'm doing like a podcast of all my favorite like cults and a countdown. Like when it all comes down to it, it's about male power and sex. And that's what most cults are about about cisgender male, like I like I have to be like absolutely specific, cisgender biological male power and sex, money. Cults come down to a few things, but power and control are big things. And the patriarchy runs deep with cults, as I will expose to you. Now, I even say, people will say and go as far as saying that like Taylor Swift lovers, like people like me, are culty with the Swifties. I don't think it's culty at all because it's music. You know what I mean? Like cults follow a certain pattern. So we'll get into that. And also we'll get into Taylor Swift. But I really like occultism. Like I like the occult and things like that. I'm fascinated by things like that, like palmistry, like tarot. Things like that are interesting to me. Astrology, runes, which, you know, I practice um, things like that. The things that I don't practice, like things that I'm interested in, though, I don't practice, like Rosicrucianism. I do not practice that. But am I fascinated by like the rosy, holy rose cross and all that stuff? Yes, I am. I think it's cool. It's a secret brotherhood, shrouded in mystery. It was viewed as a pathway to enlightenment. In 1614, the first known anonymous sort of manifestos and publications came out. People got really excited by like the majesty and magic and occultism and the hidden sort of stuff and the esoteric nature of Rosicrucianism. And it caused quite the stir in the spiritual world. Like it was pretty cool. It had symbols and metaphors and allegories and People kind of believed that they could possess any kind of ancient knowledge by getting into Rosicrucianism. And 
it was revered that people in this sect be given this knowledge by being in it and given certain powers. Plus it was cemented like an esoteric order into the minds of many men. Plus the fact that this was concealed from like the average man and only certain people could be like picked to be in it. It was elitist. It's like an elitist club in the spiritual realm, you know, like like Masons and things like that. Different brotherhoods that are elite. You know, it's who you know and how you get in. Secrets in your aprons, you know. <laughs> now, with Rosicrucianism, most of it comes with like ancient hermeticism, Kabbalah, things like that. They put in some Christian Gnosticism, like Gnostics and stuff in there. Don't tell me I don't know about Gnosticism because I do know about that. Like I say, but like lots of Kenergy secrets, parables. Like I say, it's a like Ken's mojo fucking dojo. Men were really revered of to be like doctors of the Holy Rosy Cross and considered to be able to heal all sorts. Again, read about it in Rosicrucianism. If you... Don't want to drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, like, no meat in Rosicrucianism, no tobacco, um, no booze, definitely diet, like, like a vegetarian diet is encouraged. Again, anything where any certain diet is encouraged is kind of culty, so look out. I'm doing the cult countdown, so just get ready. I'm writing down on it, but I'm scaring the shit out of myself as I'm doing it, because I'm like, I can't narrow it down to my top 10 favorite, because there's, there's so many cults that I love. But you know there's going to be a few in there that I they are near and dear to my heart. Maybe it's going to be more than top 10. Maybe it'll be top 20. Who knows? Let's get down on it, though. Like, trigger warning. It's going to be creepy, and it's going to get uncomfortable, because, like, cults are uncomfortable. Now... Speaking of secrets, there are all kinds of secrets that we keep, especially as adults and having secret lives and things that we keep from our kids. Like these are the things you send your kids out of the room for. And since I've had a kid filled weekend, like I always do, because I have kids, right? We go to birthday parties or someone has a play date or someone's having someone over, or someone's going to someone's house. There's always kids at the house. So like, I do my things around the weekend that are kid-centric, you know, and then I do my other stuff at night or other times where kids aren't around. And, you know, I can cuss because I'm in a soundproof room. doesn't matter. But, like, I mentioned funny things. And this weekend, I went to my neighbor's house and we had coffee and whatever, and it was lovely. And she's like, I'm getting rid of a bunch of books. Do you want me to give you some books for the kids? And I found some real treasures in there. And I found this one in particular how babies are made it's from 1968 i don't know if you want to drink the kool-aid or not but it's funny as hell and i was reading it some of it it likens like plants it's like when your life began you were very small even smaller than the dot made by a pencil okay many living things in this world even you begin life as a tiny egg many plants begin as eggs so they go on plants they talk about ovaries and flowers and stuff like that and bees and talk about the pollination of a flower. And then they say, you know, it takes two animals or two plants, both of these things, to make a new animal, like a baby. So two eggs plus pollen equals a flower. Some eggs plus sperm equals an animal. So then they get into humans. They look under it under a microscope. There's some, like, chickens and roosters and eggs and sperm and stuff. We're getting down on it. It's in a really like cisgendered, biological, male-female kind of world. This is to send the sperm into the female chicken's body. The rooster climbs on top of the hen. Like, if I was a kid in 1968, I'd be horror-fucking-fied of this shit. I'd be so scared. Then his sperm move into the opening in her body. Bird sex. Mm -hmm. Not pretty. Fertilization has occurred. Cluck, cluck. She sits on some eggs. Peep, peep. A chick comes out. But then, 
They get into dogs. Okay, here's what we get. They get into cisgender, because this is 1968, remember? Humans. How human babies begin is just like chicks and puppies. A sperm from the father must join with an egg from the mother. If you can do that. Remember, 1968. Here we go. We're making love. People here, we're making love. Barry White is here, we're making love. I've heard. Too much of something ain't good for you, baby. But the sperm, which comes from the father's testicles, are sent into the mother through his penis. To do this, the father and the mother lie down facing each other, and the father places his penis into the mother's vagina. Unlike plants and animals, when human mothers and fathers create a new baby, they're sharing a very personal and special relationship. Like, they should put, this is called sex. Like, but they don't put that. They, they just say that this is how you make a baby. They're not saying that we also practice. Then it says how, like, the egg leaves the mother... It goes to the ovary and it's going to be fertilized. The sperm swims to the egg. Da 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 da. The baby grows in the mother's stomach. You got a cord. Oh my God, you were born hungry just like puppies and kittens, so you had to be fed. You're fed from your mother's breasts or a bottle. This is how families begin. I'm just going to leave that right there. That's not one that I will be passing on to the kids because it's hilarious. It's really funny that it's so like, like the man inserts his penis, like inserts, like, like inserts. It sounds so medical, like it really does. And I can't believe like, like talking to my neighbor too. I was like, do you remember like reading this, like with your parents? And she's like, I remember my mom reading it to me and me being just like mortified. I'm like, I would have been too. Like, it's embarrassing as shit. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, I'm like, not too long ago, cause I haven't done it in like, ooh, it's been over a week now. This has been a no smoking person for over a week now. I mentioned secret smoking not too long ago, but sort of recently. And you would not believe how many parents tell me I'm not alone in this, in the secret smoking adventure. I feel like Leslie Mann's character in like, this is 40. Like she's like got the dish cloth, like, like the gloves on and she got the perfume and like the shower cap. She's like blowing out the window and like, and like putting like the atomizer in the room to make sure everything's like good. She doesn't want anyone to know that she's been smoking. She doesn't want her hands to smell like it. Nothing like. Some of us go to great lengths, I will tell you, to not let their kids know. So, yeah, like, I don't want to blow my cover. So all, like, the people my age with kids talk about it, like, the same way we all, like, talk about it in hushed voices and we whisper about it. Shh. And, like... We talk about what's in their humidors or in their closets or in their top drawers and cigars. And I talk about my clove smokes and stuff like that. And learning you're not alone in the secret smoking club not only normalizes it, but it removes any guilt. It like, it's absolved me from it. So like, that's the end of any like fucking secret smoking guilt that I had or had had previously. My dad was a secret smoker, but not tobacco hash when I was a kid I found his pipe in the garage and I thought bless my heart I thought it was frosty the snowman's pipe so I just that's what I thought I wonder why it stunk but he always used to go over to the neighbor's house and the neighbor was a lawyer and he kind of had a really straight ass job so never knew where to get hash. My dad worked on the job site. He was a construction worker. He built houses. He was a blue collar guy. So he always knew where to get some good quality hash. He used to get the hash from this guy. He'd go to Morocco and he'd bring it back in soap containers. And customers would all be like, what's with all the soap? He'd be like, oh, I love soap, man. I love this Moroccan soap. He'd bring back toothpaste. Like, what do you love about this toothpaste? It's why I love this Moroccan toothpaste. So they had to let him do customs. This guy was bringing back hash in the soap containers and oil 
in the in the in the in toothpaste containers, the cash oil. It was rose oil from Morocco. It was beautiful. I didn't know back then because I was a child. That was not happening. <coughs> I'm laughing because this is ridiculous. So my dad and this lawyer would smoke like the China white of hash, like the best hash ever like that you can get over in between houses. And he and my dad would just shoot the shit and they puffed grass, you know, it was harmless like back then. And in my humble opinion, saying something, you know, again, with weed for adults, I think that's something that a lot of people also drink the Kool-Aid about. They think it's super harmful. And with the amount of alcohol that I see people drink, I really don't worry too much about weed. Unless like you're driving, like don't be a fucking idiot. All that stuff intoxicates you. Don't get behind the wheel of a car. Drugs, alcohol, I don't care if you had a rope access set. Don't fucking drive, it's not funny. Thank you, Reagan administration, for the anti-drug fucking bullshit and the cannabis gateway bullshit, like, like weed's a gateway drug. Yeah, to cake and cookies and fucking chips and shit. Under 25, do I think you should be doing like weed and smoking weed and using weed? No. Under 25 years old? No. It's not good for your brain development and shit. That stuff has to happen. I did it young. I killed off the weak ones and only left the strong, the strong survived. And speaking of killing, good Lord, I loved Saltburn. Did you see Saltburn? I loved Saltburn. It was murder on the dance floor. We better not kill the group. I loved it. Someone described it as the talented Mr. Ripley on crack the comment section on my on my page hard agree hard agree deliciously dressed in a goth candy pop glitter like nightmare sort of aesthetic it looked great the production design was fucking tops it looked so good but like it was funny thank you autism and being on the spectrum that spoiler alert I could see the end from the beginning, like, holy shit, major spoiler alert. Oliver decimates everyone and he becomes king of the castle. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like, some people I know did not see it coming, but a lot of people I know, the ones that I know that, who share my sense of humor that are sick as I am. No, no names mentioned. No names, like, it was great. So there's so many great standout points. Like the drinking the, of the bath water, like becoming a vampire in the garden with the sister, you know, the who had an eating disorder. Yeah, grave humping, murder in the garden with the antlers and the champagne and the barfing and stuff. Like just like a lot was going on, you know, but what a shock. What a shock in that film we have. What a shock we have. Male full frontal nudity when he's dancing at the end to murder on the dance floor. That was a surprise. I did not think that that would be a thing that was that of that caliber of size. I was, uh, I was like, okay, good for you. Good for you, kid. Like, you're a fucking psycho in this movie. Like, you absolutely kill everyone, but like, you murder with that dick. Good for you. Like, good for you. You murdered everyone with your huge wiener. Fucking good for you. That's so funny. But, like, murder on the dance floor, like, is right. You'd probably be walking fucking funny for a few days. Jesus. I shouldn't say anything about that. But, like, fuck, that's funny. Flashlight City. Hysterical. So, tap dancing Jesus in a baby's arm. It's murder on the dance floor. So, enough with this wiener talk and the willy talk it's over that's it i saw some edibles the other day they were in the shape of penises and willies speaking of that but enough again i say like with the willy talk and on to like i say before it becomes irrelevant i can't talk about it, the grammys annie lennox like fucking killed me on the grammys absolutely killed me with her nothing compares like and she like started with obviously like sinead o'connor and like her passing like 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 and like whoever who passed through the year at the Grammys and it was hard and like seeing Tracy Chapman perform a fast car was amazing seeing Joni Mitchell was like almost like a godlike experience for me it was like amazing 
Everything just came out good at the Grammys. It was good. Seeing Taylor Swift win was good. My bets all came out correct. I bet swiftly. And we took it, baby. I love Taylor Swift. And I love the Kelsey family. I'm not going to lie. I love them all. I love their love. I love that Taylor Swift, as a 34-year-old woman from Pennsylvania, can make so many predominantly male folks... Uh-oh, there's a predominantly male folk right there. Willie Nelson, my dog, he's mad. But like I say, like, I love that Taylor Swift can make, like, as a 34-year-old girl can make so many, like, mostly, like, male-presenting people pissed and so angry in so many ways just at her and her boyfriend for no reason. Like, she makes people so mad. She could cure, like, she could cure... That dog is loud. Taylor Swift could seriously cure fucking cancer and it wouldn't matter. Y'all would still come at Taylor Swift. Even if she cured cancer, you'd come at her boyfriend. Add happiness, add everything. You just shit on it. It's a fucked up world we live in when people come at people's happiness. It's weird. It's weird. It's fucked up when we pick every single person that we can think of to pieces just to fit our own comfort level, to fit our own rhetoric, to fit our own narrative. Why do we have to pick other people apart to make ourselves feel better? I don't ever understand it, and I don't think I will. You know, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Everyone's telling Taylor Swift after the Super Bowl or Travis Kelsey was yelling at his coach to put him into the game, which you'd be yelling in a stadium too. You know, don't go with Travis Kelsey anymore. He's going to beat you up. Listen to how violent he is. I'm like, wow, is this your first time at a fucking football game? They're loud as fuck, so you have to yell too. Travis Kelsey's not going to beat up Taylor Swift. Get a grip. Get a fucking grip. I know the abusive type. Trust me. Travis Kelsey is not it. I'm also not your typical Swifty fan. I mean... It's not the music that's like, it's a bop. Like, it's a bop. Like, I love Taylor Swift. But it's also what she stands for and what she does by, like, example. Like, $100,000 she gives to the family of someone, like a fan who dies at the Super Bowl. Again, not her fault. She didn't do anything to the Super Bowl. Like, she was there. But, like, what did any of the teams do? Not much. They pose for pictures with people. That doesn't look good, but like Taylor Swift gave money to the family. Like she's passing out water bottles to people that die at concerts because Brazil won't let water bottles into concerts. So she's getting laws passed that you can. So the regular person have to, doesn't have to pay, you know, $18 for a bottle of water. So they can stay hydrated in Brazil where it's like, you know, 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Like it's ridiculous. So people are having like congestive heart failure and shit. Like, so I think she's handling things like the best she can. But I think people always will want people to do more. Like no matter what they do, they always want more and more and more all the time. It's a consistent thing. And I think when it comes to Taylor and Travis's relationship, like shit, people like honestly, like fuck off. It's like none of anyone's business what the fuck they're doing. Who cares? People's relationships are just that. There's theirs they're not yours to judge so sure speak your thing i don't care but at the end of the day it's the people that are like directly involved in the relationship the people that are the people that have to like deal with it directly it's not these outside people it's people that are directly involved in the relationship so give your head a shake and just you know worry about your own shit stay in your lane keep your side of the street clean stay in your own backyard I know you want to get involved and jump all over everybody's shit, but just, it's cool. Like, it's cool to just, like, respect other people's shit and just stay in your own lane. It's cool. Now, I'll tell you, like, even, like, my relationship, like, we have our own shit that we don't, like, like about each other. Like, and is my relationship easy? No. Super no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Is it hard? Yep. Do we argue like normal people? Yeah. Like, but is it worth staying in? Yes. And do I think there's a value in a relationship? Yeah. Like, 
my relationship has just got past what they call like the seven year like itch. And while like no one's itchy around here, like everybody's bitchy around here. Like we get on each other's case and like everybody has to put up with something from their partner they don't fucking like, like at all. Like, so for me, my big I don't like with my partner is he has to travel for work and fuck, it fucking sucks feeling like a single parent when you're not actually a single parent. Like it fucking blows. He's gone for like two weeks at a time. It really blows. It's a lot. And it's a lot to juggle. And it's a lot with like a business too on top of it. Plus everything else that I do. And then like his hate, like for me is, because I asked him, is like any nudity on my social media accounts. He like doesn't follow me like purposefully on Rockaholic or 21st Century Rocker Mom. Like he follows me like on my private stuff like 300 people follow me and there's like it's not it's like friends and family style like my kids and stuff you know go to that stuff maybe i'm just you know private about that kind of thing but like about the other stuff he is not a fan of me putting bottles in front of my boobs or doing anything like cheeky like that on the internet and he's you know he knows that like people end up in my dms and that happens and whatever and he like understands it, but does he like it? No. And so he just like, he keeps himself away from it. Same with like him when he, like when he travels, I keep myself like really distracted. I go and I do things and get super distracted. So I don't like miss him as much, but it's ridiculous. It's, it's hard. So after seven years, fuck yeah, it's hard. Is it an excuse to go out and like get buck wild and get some like strange ass and fucking shit? No. I don't think so. Just me, but no, it's not. The seven-year itch, I don't think it's really like a real thing. I think you're a seven-year bitch if you go out and you do something like that. If you don't want to be with someone, say so. If you do, do. I think I'm good. I think we go through like changes and cycles as couples in our lifetimes. I think we reevaluate and we're constantly changing as people and as humans. I think if we change together and reevaluate together and move forward together, then we're good. Like, and I think it's normal to have things like celebrity crushes and stuff like that. Like, like for instance, I was reading about people's celebrity crushes. I was reading about Jelly Roll and his celebrity crush, I guess, is Taylor Swift. And his wife was like really like encouraging about it and stuff like that. And I was like talking about who my celebrity crushes are. And so like my celebrity crush is like my like celebrity dude crush is, I'm sorry, Taylor Swift, but my, is Travis Kels. I would like tra Kelsey Kels. Travis, it's just how it reads, man. Like it's just how it reads. But Travis Kelsey, yeah, like I would sit on his beard, but like, sorry, Taylor Swift. But like also like my girl crush is Megan Fox. Like I like her pink hair. I like girls with tattoos, whatever. Those are my crushes. I don't know who my significant other's celebrity crushes is. I know who his like Disney crushes are. Like I know he loves Daisy Duck, but like I don't know other than that. I don't know who his celeb crushes are. But like these are just like funny celebrity things. And I think it's normal. In families, I think go through cycles. It was family day weekend in Canada. It's a holiday that we have here. We had like pizza and a movie and sleep eating and ice cream cake. Shit was fucking closed. There was no mail. Some lady called me from Kentucky. It was fucking weird. We had a record store day here, which was bitching. What were my deep cuts for record store day? Like, holy shit. Of course you want to know. It was Psychos by Jenny Lewis, which is a great album. And always, like, you gotta love that spectacular Jenny Lewis, like, being in, like, The Wizard and being a child star and all that stuff. And did you check out Kitty's new tune? It's tight. There's good production. I have nothing to do with it. It's just a good thing. I remember when like Kitty got back together as a band, like the original members, and we played at the London Music Hall. Like we had to play like the Spit album, the most fit. And a lot of us, like, cause like we're old as fuck. Like we had to like remind each other, like, how's this go again? Like, how's that go? So like, it's good to see them like so tight, like with current members and like lineup and stuff. So it's good because it's like. It's, it's wizardry. But my deep cuts, like I say, you guessed it, 1989, Taylor's version, and Midnight's by Taylor Swift, nonstop, 
won't stop, can't stop, bitch, just won't stop. And I said, Annie Lennox performance hit me as well as a tribute to all who like passed away. And just before the Grammys, unfortunately, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys' wife, Melinda Ledbetter Wilson passed away really suddenly and unfortunately, and no one's really said the cause of death, but she's left behind everything. She was not only his wife, but she was his manager, kind of decision maker, POA, all that stuff. The family is obviously like lost because she passed so unexpectedly. Like Brian posted like that he was lost without her. And they'll continue to do like, and what Brian will do is to continue to do what he does with help through a different person who's gonna be kind of in charge of his mental faculties because he's had strokes and he's had some stuff go on in his mind. He'll have people making everyday decisions for him and his family, including therapy and severe treatment for dementia and a lot of drug use like back in the day. So his brain's not where it used to be at. So he'll have someone in charge of that. But like one minute you feel safe, you know, it's hard to be shut down like that. Like when someone passes away, like your safe person. And I've been there cause my safe person passed away like two years ago, like now, like my dad. My dad, not like, I wouldn't say he's like my mat, like my manager, but my dad was always kind of like behind me and kind of like coaching me and things, what to do. Now I just kind of listen to the stars and whatever he's kind of telling me there. But like my dad always kind of told me what to do and kind of guided me through what I needed to do in like life. And so it's hard to lose one's like safe person, one's guide person, that anchor person who kind of guides you through life and tells you what to do. And then feel like one day, like, you're just like a kid at school in kindergarten and like your parent forgot to like pick you up and you're just like sitting there in the schoolyard like forever waiting for that person to pick you up and they just never show up. And it's it's hard to be that person. So he was like, you know, he referred to her as his angel, his savior, and much the way kind of Johnny Cash publicly really revered June Carter Cash. Now that, in my opinion, and people are gonna dog on me for this one because this is a don't drink the Kool-Aid situation. John Cash, like in June Cash, like June Carter Cash, really, like the media really ate up their love affair like crazy and they glorified it again. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Y'all watched Walk the Line. They fell in love with each other as a product of an affair. Johnny Cash was married before, you know, the Ken and Barbie of country kind of came out. And Johnny and June, kind of fell in love together on tour because they'd always tour together. She did end up getting him sober from drugs and alcohol in the end after he left his wife inevitably and four kids. There's nothing like being left like for another woman. His wife ended up being excommunicated from the church. She couldn't go back and even take communion until, and I am not churchy. She cannot go back, Vivian could not go back and get like wine or bread, the cracker, the Jesus cracker until Johnny Cash had to write a note to the Archdiocese of the Catholic Church professing what a terrible husband he'd been and like admitting to it. So he did. And uh, yeah, that was that. They found the story and like, what's failed to be touched on here is that Johnny Cash was a bit of a hound dog. When he left his first wife, like I say, he was married to her at 18, just out of the Air Force. He had four kids, a dog, a monkey, a talking parrot. So he left this fucking lady with a lot, you know, and just fucked off onto her, just left. Some of those kids were in diapers. Like I would have had a fucking nervous breakdown. Not cool. And then to be knowingly left for another woman, it was hard for her because she was biracial too. So, you know, people had it out for her because she was Johnny Cash's ex-wife and now not being protected by an all white husband and all white people around you all the time. It was a time where there was no safe space made for people that were BIPOC and of color. It just wasn't there. Like, because staying in embarrassment when your husband leaves you for another woman or when your partner leaves you for another person is something that's not good. To being left for someone that someone else is like banging if that doesn't quite hurt enough, you know, let's not romanticize affairs and family breakdowns as fairy tales, right? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. 
One fairy tale romance that I see that I have like tons of respect for is like Jelly Roll and his wife, like Bunny XO or whatever her name is. I listened to her podcast, like Dumb Blonde, which is literally Dumb Blonde podcast could not be further from the truth because her podcast is fucking hilarious. She swears more than fucking I do for Christ's sakes. She is so fucking funny. But like people think that she's just like some dumb blonde who got her come up during like adult film stuff. And while she did do some adult film stuff, she also like supported Jelly Roll's career while he was doing his come up trying to rap. She like worked. They had an apartment so he could do his career and get as noted as he could in the rap and country world as he is now and be as popular as he is in country music and play with bands of like the caliber of like Leonard Skinner and stuff like that. And she supported him all this way. She's brought up two of his children. And I, I see their love and it's like the ta it's like the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey kind of love. It's that pure love. They just love each other so much and it's cute to see. And I, I, you know, I follow both of them on Instagram. And I find like, I find that she's smart and she's articulate and she helped him. She raised his kids. She became insta mom. Don't like believe everything you read. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. She might look, you know, like some blonde, you know, bimbo, but like you've been drinking the Kool-Aid. I've been talking about this Kool-Aid drinking, especially with all the political things that are happening around the world and seemingly enigmatic folks popping up with all sorts of promises and not just candidates that run for a country. People that are like on the internet, they're like offering like a new world to go to and saying that like if you comment or 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 you get a dm from them i'm going to tell you i got a few dms on my account and like they, they promise like big promises in the new world look out for these kind of dms cuz they're going to scam you cuz they're going to want big money to go to the, the big world they're going to promise you revolution and change and we've got changes and revolutions happening all around the world constantly we just have to pay attention what we need is not really a revolution. It's a revelation. And I'm not talking like Jesus here. Like I'm talking about a revolution and a revelation of our minds, people. We don't need to, like, we don't need to drop one little ounce of blood. We don't need to shed any of that stuff. We need a revolution of sorts without shedding a single drop of blood. How can we do it? How? I'll tell you. We could change progress in our minds and how we look at things and how we see people and how we view things. If we could change that in our minds and move forward in our heads somehow and become free thinking, I think we'd be light years ahead of this garbage. Love is the bridge. Like you gotta really realize that you gotta start living it and stop burning at people. Like love really is the bridge. I know it sounds corny and silly, but it is. Build it, repair it, love is, where it's going to get you places. Seriously, if it's this world, it was run by like, you know, like the kid president. I love the kid president. I'll watch the kid president on, on, on YouTube on Soul Pancake or whatever. I love him. It'd be a far better place. Like, look at him on YouTube. He's a star. He's amazing. Beautiful mind, beautiful hearts. Kids are just so honest. Like the other day, a kid was telling me that I was too loud. And it's true. I'm loud. I'm partially hearing impaired. But I'm loud. Like, look at my last episode with my son. So pure. Kids are so pure. They just tell you exactly what they're thinking. Real answers. Checking my ass and throwing me under the bus for saying fuck. Like, that's funny. That's funny shit. So this is funny because Dix goes with a piece on like secret smoking. Like, and I say, I haven't smoked in a fucking week. It's fucking murdering my soul. But again, mm -mm, my chest, I've been puffing so many in the chamber. It's like Wu-Tang. It's like a million chambers for me. So one night, like I say, the secret smoking thing's funny. I was sitting around with my son and we were hanging out watching a movie and his blood sugar was going down. So I was like, yo, go get yourself a mini chocolate bar from the stash and whatever. And he just comes back and he's thoughtful, right? And he throws me a package of Popeye cigarettes, Popeye candy sticks is what they call them now. They don't call them cigarettes anymore. It's got like a mini Twix bar or something. And he just goes, one for me, one for you. But he got to split some of those Popeye smokes with me. And I was just like, okay. So I did, I did. 
I asked him to grab the snack-sized candy bar from the Halloween bag, and seriously, for two minutes, he returns with that. And he chucks them to me, and don't drink the Kool-Aid. This kid was laughing, and you could tell he knew that, like, Popeye cigarettes, like, used to be cigarettes, and he, like, pretended to smoke them and laugh at me. I'm like... Because, like, bringing the smoke, like I always do, he, like, handed me down this fact, like, one for me and one for you, like, almost like he knows that I, like, am a secret smoker. I don't know. Maybe he knows. I don't know. I hope not. But, like I say, he wanted me to do something because we did the jelly beans on the last episode. And so we were looking at the jelly bean candy store, and we found the hot ones. Got the extreme hot ones. So I have the bean boozled ones. I opened them so I could smell them. And all I can tell you is like they're making I can't smell much right now because of my asthma attack. Like I say the other day, I lost my cell phone. It was fucking terrible. Oh my god, it was the worst. I was going to the school to inject my son with insulin on lunch. And from my car to the school, somehow I lost my cell phone. I was horrified. I got to the office. The ladies at the office are trying to calm me down. And my chest is like red and my face is as white as the paper. All my color in my face left. And so this little girl comes to the office. She's got to be like grade seven. She had found my phone. So I was like, come with me. Come with me. So I gave her all the money that was in my wallet. And she's just like, I can't accept this. Am I on Mr. Beast or something? Am I on YouTube? I'm just like, no, like you're not. You saved my ass, kid. Like, my phone's on there. My business is on there. Like, my beard stuff's on there. My company. Like, there's pictures of the kids on there. There's pictures of my boobs on there. Oh, my God. My phone is a dangerous place. My body is a wonderland. Holy shit. So she she found it, and so I gave her a fat stack, and she was happy. And I was like, just pay it forward. No matter what you do, I want you to take this money, and I want you to pay it forward. Buy pizza for your folks. Buy pizza for your friends. Do anything. Pay it forward. So hopefully she does. We'll see. Bring the smoke, like I say, like I always do. My son wanted me to bring the smoke, so I say about these hot jelly beans. Some extra money I had left over from getting my ass saved by grade seven. Ooh, these smell hot. They have f five kinds. They have sriracha, and I'm going to try to determine between sriracha and habanero, and jalapeno, cayenne, and Carolina Reaper. Those ones are t easy to tell. Now, Rob says to do them random, but I want to do them and go up in Scovilles because it goes sriracha, jalapeno, cayenne, habanero, Cal Carolina Reaper because I cannot be at the hot sauce expo with this craziness this weekend. I can't breathe, so I don't want to do too much hot sauce. I don't want to have an asthma attack. Scare the shit out of everybody. I have a live stream to do. Let's 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 see what these jelly beans look like. Okay. Hmm. The really light orange ones seem to be habanero. So I'm going to get them right out of the way. Hmm. I can't tell. Well, the light-ish and darker orange ones, I don't fucking know. I'm going to be boozled. Green jalapeno. I'm going to do those ones first. That's a second skull in it. It tastes like a jalapeno pepper. Like a fresh one. It's really grassy. that? I think that was jalapeno. Oh. I was having narrow. That was hot. Whoa. 
Let's see. What was cayenne pepper? I can't get sriracha. Oh, I keep getting the hotter ones. Okay. Oh, it's terrible. Oh. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, all the jelly beans. Fuck. My ears fucking hurt. I'm sweating, Jerry. Ah. Bullshit. All of a sudden I can smell. <coughs> oh. Terrible. And I got, as my mouth, ah. And when your dog is being an asshole and you're sweating from jelly beans, you reveal your Kool-Aid. The dog has calmed down. I refilled my cup because don't drink the Kool-Aid. Man, don't eat the jelly beans. They're so hot. Oh, I underestimated them for jelly beans. I thought because they'd be sweet, like the yucky ones, that I'd be able to handle the burn more. For some reason, the sugar intensifies it. It's ridiculous. It's not like the vinegar helping it along because there is no fucking vinegar in it. It's just burning like it's like capsaicin and fucking sugar. <laughs> Woo! It was like booger sugar from the 90s. Jesus Christ. Like from literally like the late 90s, early 2000s. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't need to know what I'm talking about. Anyways, while my mouth's burning, I was supposed to tell you about whew, the worst date ever. The worst date I was ever on Oh, man. The worst date I was ever on, I was on with this guy, and he was really boring. He just, like, wanted to talk about dumb shit on the date, and he proceeded to get really, 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 really drunk <laughs> on the date. So by dessert, I had gone to the bathroom and texted another guy. And by dessert, I just left in the bathroom, and the other guy picked me up. And I went on a date with him instead. So I got two dinners and desserts. I got my dessert to go. Because I'm like, can I get my dessert to go? I'm sure the guy I was dating was too drunk to notice that I shoved it in my purse and like went to the bathroom. I was like, I'll be back. I go to the bathroom. I didn't ever, I never came back. We never went on another date again, but I was like dating somebody else. So that happened. That was probably like the worst date ever. And that's like the worst thing I've ever like done. It's like mean because like, you know, you just leave somebody hanging like that. Best restaurant and food truck. Oh, these are hot. My ears are. Fuck, I'm sweating under my glasses. The best restaurant or food truck in our neighborhood for pizza. I would say it's Byron Pizza for sure. Have you ever had Byron Pizza? Fuck. It's so good. It's the best pizza, I swear. I swear it's so good. Or we go to our local pizza joint and just get a few more like bougier items on the pizza. We don't always just get like pep and ched or something, you know, like something different. Best, best restaurant in the area? Hmm. For sit down? I don't know. I like diners and stuff like that. I'm really like a diner kind of chick. There's a diner in the area that I like. 
and uh they just do breakfast all day and stuff like that so i'll go there and do that i like that kind of thing now one thing i refuse to share mm, that's a weird question what's one thing i refuse to share oh i don't want to do this one this one's supposed to be cayenne pepper why well, don't to do this to my body One thing I refuse to share is oh, disgusting. My partner. I refuse to share my partner. Oh. You're supposed to eat this little fucking thing? It's so gross. Like, it's just disgusting. Fuck. Ugh, fuck that. Thank God I didn't have my kid on this show. Fuck. His ears would be done forever. Soundproofing? Like, it works the one way. It doesn't work the other, though. God damn it. They'll never hear a thing. They're never going to have these jelly beans. You have to, no wonder you have to be 13. You have to be 13. Oh, shit. I dropped one. 13, not for children under 13 years of age. Not for fucking grown-ups and shit, man. <laughs> I'm a stroke with this shit. It's clearing my sinuses out. Fuck. This is nuts, especially for an asthma attack person. Would I rather be... I refuse to share my spouse. Yeah, I know. I said it. You heard me. I refuse to share my spouse. I've talked about polyamory and stuff before and like that. And like, and I believe in it and I believe that it works for some people, but I refuse to share my spouse. The end. If I wanted to, I'm sure we would have that talk. And I'm sure my spouse would have that talk with me. And he'd be like, yep, I'm cool with you. Just whatever. I don't think he would be cool with it. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, would I rather be a hobbit or an elf for 24 hours? Hmm. That's a hard one. Ugh. Oh, he sees like shit. I think I have an arrow one. Oh, I don't want to. Mm, there's a stupid color, and you can definitely tell which one's there. I don't want to. Okay, what well, the question is, what's the most illegal thing I've ever done? Ugh. Get over it. No. Uh -uh. I can't keep with my mouth. I'll have to have a near one. This is going on up, up to the Carolina Reaper pepper. Oh, fuck this. Is the most illegal shit I've ever done? If I tell you, I might have to kill you. Fuck, I was sweating, Jerry. I was sweating. Fuck. I want to touch my face and touch these fucking cursed jelly beans. Fuck me. The cursed is fuck. Most illegal thing I've ever done. Probably stealing jelly beans when I was a kid. At like three years old, four years old, and stealing them. And my mom had to go back and... Or like sneaking into movies that are like buying tickets for a movie that was like a kid's movie like at my age and then sneaking into an R-rated movie with my friends. Like not really really big bad illegal stuff like doing drugs before they were legal. Like weed and stuff. Like I don't, I don't know what the, the worst most illegal thing I've ever done is. Nothing really insidious that you could get in trouble for to be perfectly honest. I guess I'm not that bad to the bone. If I could only eat one food for the rest of my life without this fucking taste in my mouth, what would it be? One food for the rest of my life. Potatoes. Potatoes it is. Potatoes anyway, which way, like Forrest Gump, like, like Bubba Gump, 
baked potato, boiled potatoes, fried potatoes, potato pancakes, potato fries, potato waffles, you know, everything. Potato pierogies, all the things. The biggest disagreement I've ever had The biggest disagreement I've ever had. I'm trying to think of what the biggest disagreement I've ever had. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, this is making my nose go crazy. Whew. Whew. The biggest disagreement I've ever had. I don't know if there's one I can pinpoint. I don't know. I, you know. I had a big disagreement with someone at a bar once and it ended up in like a fist fight and me punching their like teeth down their throat. But that was like alcohol involved and that was back in the 20s, like, you know, when I was in my 20s. I don't know about you, but I'm not feeling 22 anymore. I'm feeling like 92. Sorry guys, like I've passed that age. I don't get into bar fights anymore. It doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. That's probably the biggest like disagreement I've ever had. Like just just like calling some bitch out and then just like punching her fucking face off just because she was being horrible to my friend. Do I pee in the shower? Awesome question. No, I don't fucking pee in the shower. I pee before I go in the shower. <laughs> what kind of fucking question is that? <laughs> I'm laughing. It's ridiculous. This is shit. What's my biggest fear in life? My biggest fear in life, truly, honestly, is anything happening to my like family and my kids and stuff like that. That's my biggest fear in life. I don't like that thought. Mm -mm. No, not good. Nope. You want to fuck with me? Uh-uh. Fuck with me, but not, not my family and stuff. That's not cool. <laughs> I sound like cocaine bear. Mom, mama bear and cocaine bear had a baby. It's me. If you're a ghost, who would you haunt? Oh, fuck. Who the fuck wouldn't I haunt? I would haunt so many people if I was a ghost. There's so many people that I would scare the shit out of because it's just because it would be funny. Fucking hilarious. Okay. Okay. Bye. <sighs> what is something you would buy to make... A cashier uncomfortable. Hmm. What would I buy in a store to make a cashier uncomfortable? That's a good question. I have to take the last jelly bean. Oh, it's like the last dab. Carolina Reaper. Well, I'm going to think about this before I, I take the plunge. Because I might not be able to tell you. If it's really hot. Um, something I could buy to really embarrass a cashier. I bet you I could buy... A jar of mayonnaise, a huge jar of Vaseline, hmm. and a big, big box of condoms, and then like a huge bag of like adult diapers and some peanut butter. See what the people shoppers say about that. I bet you they wouldn't have much to say. Oh my God, seriously? Amazing. So yeah, that's all for me this week. Before I take the Carolina Reaper pepper down and it takes me down and we get to the cult countdown next time. I see you. We're going to be counting, counting, counting in the counting house. Counting down all the cults. Uh, ugh, so many C's. The triple C. Counting down all the cults. My favorite cults of all time. I don't know how many there's going to be. 10, 20, 30. Who knows? You know where to find me. I'm on Instagram at 21st Century Rocker Mom. I'm on TikTok, the, the same, the same. I'm on YouTube at Tani Candler Channel. You can find me streaming wherever you stream, getting those podcast updates whenever I can get them up there. They're a bitch sometimes, but you know, you can find me on the interweb. I'm always around and I'm always on that stupid Instagram. You can always find me there. Be good to each other. And when in doubt, cover that sprout. Until next time. Is this body? Is this this body one? No, this is no. That's the wrong one. This is the spotty one. Oh God! Yeah, this is the Carolina Reaper. I don't want to do it. Oh fuck! Until next time. Where's the napkins? I want to puke.
No. It tastes like flowers. What the? You know what? Bah! Put it out there right now. Too many fucking hot sauce people make their fucking hot sauce taste like flowers. Ugh. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. I can't stand it. So stop. I can't feel one side of my tongue. Okay. That's it for me. Until next time. Now I have an earache. I've been being boozled again. Fuck this. Ugh. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Ugh.